0: Welcome to Sex and Happiness with Lori Handlers. Amazing sex and intimacy are just around the corner. While Lori puts the finishing touches on her new book, Sex and Happiness Over 60, please enjoy this show. It's one of her favorites from the Sex and Happiness archives. Hi, this is Lori Handlers. Have you ever wondered what a sexual healer is? Like, do you wonder sometimes if you should see one? Maybe you've never heard of a sexual healer. Or maybe you wonder if you should become one. These are two sides of a similar question. Anyway, my guest today is a dakini, a sacred sexual priestess. Her name is Triambika Vengochia. I hope I'm saying it right. Triambika. Is that right? Triambika.
1: That's right. Yes.
0: Triambika. Great. Well, welcome to my show. It's very good to hear your voice again. The last time I heard your voice, I saw you. I saw how adorable you are, and I loved your voice. I saw, I loved your energy. So, first of all, I got a couple questions for you about what is a Dakini, and is a Dakini a sexual healer, and then, you know, who should go to one and why should someone become one. So we got a lot of time to talk about all this. There's a lot of different subsets, but first of all, can you just tell me what is a dakini? So
1: dakini is a, traditionally is a Tibetan word that translates into a quality of enlightened feminine energy and has the ability to traverse through space. And so one of the terms that we often liken to dakini is the sky dancer. Uh, dakini can be likened also to an angel or a muse uh priestess, uh, traditionally, it's sort of a mystical figure, but can come into form in any one of us. And so this quality of awakened, enlightened feminine energy uh, comes through a participant or a practitioner and can imbue others with awakened wisdom through sexual energy through the means of sexual energy. It's one of the ways that Dakini can express herself, and it's one of the main ways. So that's, that's sort of like the, the the mythical esoteric answer to what is the Dakini. In today's day and age, a Dakini is often referred to as a woman who practices a sexual healing work And there's a lot of different ways that sexual healing work can take place.
0: So that's what we're talking about today. Before you go into that, I I, I just, I want to just make sure I get that straight. So when you're talking about the ancient, the ancient uh, Sanskrit way of looking at it, it's a sky dancer, somebody who can traverse space and it's becoming awakened or enlightened in the feminine energy. And that can be a woman who becomes awakened or enlightened in the feminine energy. And also a man can become awakened and enlightened in the feminine energy.
1: And we, and we refer to that man as a Dhaka.
0: Okay. So there could be a daka or a Dakini. Okay. It's great. Great. And it's beautiful how you put that. I don't think I ever had anyone answer that question so lovely in such a lovely, so many lovely terms about that. Um, and I have asked the question before. So it's great. And now you're saying that in today's day and age, it's a, a Dakini is a woman who uses sexual healing practices to help somebody else get enlightened in a, in a kind of.
1: So to be more awake in their being, to awaken in, in either their emotional body, their sexual body, uh, oftentimes, uh, a Dakini can, uh, also be an educator. Even a dancer, you know, sometimes when we watch a beautiful dancer, like some of the belly dancers out there, we just get inspired. Something gets illuminated inside of us. And so that can also be the energy of the document.
0: I've had that experience of being awakened by something. Sometimes it's in a film. Sometimes it's a dancer. Sometimes it's something somebody says. It's, you know, it can be any number of things. But I'm already open to the energies right, right. that you're talking about, this, this, uh, the feminine energies, although I wasn't in my life. There was a time when my male energy was so much stronger than my feminine energy. So who would seek out? Like if I, if I asked my listeners, if they wondered if they should go see a sexual healer, a sacred sexual healer, and they wonder if they should, why would they? How would they even know that they need to have this awakening?
1: Well, you know, sometimes people take the term sexual healer and they assume that it has to do with healing specifically sexual wounding or sexual trauma, and indeed it does. So for those people who are have suffered either abuse, molestation, rape, I mean, there's a lot of uh, dysfunctions, sexual issues, there's a lot of sexual things out there that people would say, hey, you know, I need to work on this. But the other aspect of of why someone would want to see a sexual healer is that when we look at like the chakra system, the first and second chakra, where especially that second chakra that governs sexuality is also governing emotion. And so anywhere where we've had emotional wounding, emotional trauma or grieving or just simply holding and suppressing emotions that it is a way in which we can begin to activate that center and then ultimately move that energy through the body and heal and grow and expand
0: so it'd be like getting it unstuck like getting the energy. unstuck.
1: i mean yeah. i always look yeah. at
0: i look at tantra as transformation through pleasure and when i say that i i'm it's like a joke because for me just when I, I want to have pleasure or just when students who come to me want to have pleasure, everything that isn't pleasure surfaces from the first and second energy centers in the body, like every memory of trauma, every memory of hurt. And I don't know why it is, but people tend to remember the, those nasty things. They remember the negatives. It seems in the amount of like 20 to 1. I don't remember the A's I got on my report card, but I definitely remember the D's. Yeah, you know.
1: Well, then those are the ones that affect us. Those are the ones that stick with us and start to sort of put a thorn in our side and a thorn in our self-esteem. And you know, it's it's definitely something that all of us, I think, go through. And whatever. And see, here's the the interesting thing. I I think that especially Tantra uh, really looks at is that there's nothing inherently bad, and there's nothing inherently good. It's a non-dual path, and so you're not getting brownie points to go to heaven, and you're not going to burn in hell if you do something wrong. And so, if everything's this continuum, as, uh, this continuum of the whole, then when we look at our shadow and those places that we get stuck in life, that's a part of our wholeness. That's a part of our whole. Uh, process of awakening and so sometimes when we have that when we have lots of shadowy places when we have lots of sort of dark grungy spots that we don't really want to look at that's usually where the most energy is stuck and caught up the energy that we have for our awakening the energy that we have available for our pleasure you know it gets all sort of bound up in those places where we feel that we want to hide or deny
0: or withdraw from so, okay, so, so, so to, then to come back to the question I asked you, which is, you know, if someone out there is wondering if they should go see a Dakini or a sexual healer, it, it might be wise to, to refer people to do this when they're clear about their shadow. When they're clear there's something that they're in denial about, or they just don't want to look at it, it they feel it would be too painful or too scary or whatever, but they're aware of it. This would be a good, it would be a good thing to go to a sexual healer to see if we could, if, if we could unearth, you know, or unstuck the stuckness there. I mean, that's, that would be a good ruler.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: I think. Yeah. Because I think yeah.
1: That that's an excellent starting point. I think that's a great place to where if somebody comes to me and they already have a sense of, I know, I know that there's something here. I want to work with it. Let's do it. It's, it's awesome to work with individuals or couples who are at that place, and on the other hand, I also see where there's people who come to me, let's say somebody might visit me for uh, wanting to learn how to have better control with their ejaculation, and the way that I work with someone, I really take them through a process of of questions and, and try to get get in and find out a little bit more about what's really there. Okay, got it. You want to learn this technique. But beyond the technique, what who would you be if you had that? And then I find out, well, you know, maybe I, he might say, I you know, I'd probably be more confident and I would feel better about myself. And then I, okay, got it, yes. Yeah, so we're working with deeper and deeper levels of shame and maybe guilt and fear and you know, there's just a lot of other stuff. And so, you know, somebody might not know that that stuff is there until they start to just, well, I, you know, maybe I just have this one little thing I want to work with, but now I'm finding out that there's more. Yeah, this is good.
0: I would just imagine that you have quite a following of people that come to see you for healing. It feels like your energy is big and vast and somebody could easily fall into you and and want to be healed. How did you decide you wanted to become a Dakini?
1: You know, it's, it's a long. It was a long process, probably from the, my early grade school years, just you know, having an inherent curiosity about sexuality and and just being very curious. But I feel that the first time I heard the word tantra was 1996, and I was in my early 20s, and I was in India. And uh, I was doing a meditation retreat in Dharamsala and somebody mentioned this word and it explained it as a high-level practice only reserved for Tibetan monks and that it had something to do with sexuality. And I thought, there's something there for me. There's something there I need to know more. And so the following year, I moved to California. And what I didn't realize at the time was that I had a tremendous amount of healing I needed to do. I had a huge split that I had created from growing up in a religious family and feeling like, you know, I've got this intense desire and sexuality and it's just brewing inside of me. And at the same time, I felt strongly connected to God, God essence, what have you. You know, I had this desire to grow spiritually and understand esoteric things and, you know, astrology, whatever I could get my hands on. So, you know, that split of good girl versus slut <laughs> was was really deep. And anything that I had done up until that point with, with boys or with men created a lot of guilt and shame in me, a lot of guilt and shame, and I needed to work on that. So as I began to speak out teachers, I worked with some different teachers learning and kind of getting a sense, and I, and I had a partner at the time, so fortunately, I was able to do lots of practices with him, and I eventually ran across some teachers that were able to do some actual work on me, and that's when I really got to see, wow, there's a lot here. There's so much for me to evolve and begin to deconstruct about my belief system, about my body, about my sexuality, about me. And I was already practicing massage therapy, so I had that sense of touch and working with people hands-on. And so, you know, it's just pretty immediate that I, I made the connection. I said, this, this goes together. I want to do this.
0: You know, what you're saying, I think it's really, um, you know, the underlying belief system and, and enculturation structure that we go through, the socialization process in the world as we know it, which fosters guilt and shame in everyone, and especially in young women about their bodies and their desires, I think this is the tantric awakening. This uh, Maybe this is what, when we say the sacred feminine, you know, having people get in touch with the feminine aspect of themselves, it's really the part where we come to love our bodies again. It's like coming back. Into the body, coming back into the into the the notion that it's okay to love sensation. It's okay to love desire. It's okay to feel all that. Our bodies were built to feel all that, and who told us they weren't anyway? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, right. Exactly. Who told yeah. us that? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And bringing you know, in
1: sensation. It's great that you mentioned that word because. Sensation is how we perceive the whole of the world. You know, we sense things. We sense things through our five senses, and that's how we are engaging with the world. And so, uh, you know, to deny any one of those senses or to suppress, push down uh, our ability to experience things sensually is a shame. I mean, it's it's a waste.
0: (laughs) It is, you know, it's a it's a total, I always say if we were meant to be anything other than human beings with skin being our largest organ, we would have been born in a different kind of thing, like a lobster shell, or a bubble, or, you know, something that, if we were meant to be crustacea, we would be in a shell, we were born (laughs) into a body that skin is the largest organ, and then we're told, no, that's not nice. Don't touch yourself. Don't touch anyone. Don't let anyone touch you. Shave it until that what a crock. You know, that's it's uh so I love that you discovered this really early on in your in your life. It's um it's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's uh, it's a it's a stroke of luck and then genius on your part for following <laughs> that. And I, I imagine I'm just gonna I'm gonna imagine that Once you heard the word and you got in touch with what it was in India and then you returned to California, um, there was probably no stopping you. It it occurred as not a choice. It occurred as, I have to do this.
1: (laughs) Yes, absolutely. It's funny because people ask me a lot of times how long I've been doing this, and I just say lifetime. Lifetime. It, It really it comes with
0: me from a very deep place. Right. So
1: you're right on the money with that.
0: Right. So, okay, so you went in touch with your own healing. Like you got in touch with your own healing and all the splits and the dichotomies that you had with it inside yourself. and, uh, And you started getting those things healed. And then when did you decide, or was it at the same time? When did you then decide? How far into it were you when you decided, I have to do this as my life's work?
1: I would say it happened about the same time. I, what happened is I was uh, practicing massage and I wasn't making any money. <laughs> and And right. uh, my house my housemate said, you know, you really maybe want to try this uh, sensual massage work and see how that is. And I was a little reluctant at first because I didn't want to have to do things I didn't want to do and I'd already done that, you know, I'd already put myself in compromising situations. And she assured me that it was a really great place to learn about boundaries. And so I gave it a shot. And at that location where I was doing sensual massage, I found the book Women of the Light by Kenneth Ray Stubbs. And in that book, uh, there are stories of female sexual healers, uh, all walks of life. And as I read through those pages, I just knew. It was just right there. I, I just knew it. And every event that I experienced, after that was a confirmation of that knowing. So it it, it happened simultaneously. But as I was beginning to take teacher trainings and bikini mentorships and these types of things, uh, I was also beginning to receive regular healing sessions. And that was blowing my mind. I mean, that, that made me a believer because of what was coming through. It was like, it was like an exorcism initially, like exercising, out of my body that
0: I didn't want there. Beautiful. And, yeah, really, really deep. Yeah, well, I understand completely. I do understand completely. I've I've had to have many exorcisms myself, and then uh, in my classes I've witnessed exorcisms all the time. So I imagine you had to exorcise yourself, and now you get to be an exorcist. Although, I think more people would understand if we called ourselves exorcists, they might understand <laughs> more than they understand Dakini because sexuality and sex brings with it such, uh, taboo and such getting used to, uh, being freed up in that way. It's, uh, people are still so suppressed. So, sex,
1: yeah, sex and sexuality really does still bring up so many taboos, which is why it's such a juicy place. This is why it's such a great place to work. And and when you think about all of the therapists and healers that don't go there, that they can't go there, that for their licensure and for all the different reasons, it's not safe to work with those energies. We go there. We really go there.
0: Yeah.
1: (laughs) It's amazing. Places where you can merge healing with, those raw, core, deep, emotional,
0: taboo, shadowy energies of sexuality. Right. I once had a psychiatrist in a class of mine who said uh, after he was he went through he went through a, a two day class and then he went through a three and a half day class and he said you get more done in one day than I get done in seven years with the same patient. <laughs> Yeah, that's because I'm not governed by the same things, the same rules and regulations that govern you. I'm so glad I'm not, you know, uh not not OK to touch a patient, not OK to really go there to the nth degree of whatever their terror is or what have you and let them set them free. So it's great. It's great what you're saying, really. Um, So, OK, so. We're, we're in a moment, not this moment, but when we come back, we're going to discuss, like, what does it take to get trained? You know, where should people start if they're interested in this? You know, how can they find out? How can they get themselves healed? And then also, how can they find out about how to train? Because a lot of people are now called to this. And, uh, it's much more than ever before. I don't know what it was like in, you know, pre-religion days, 6,000 years ago, but I know about Right now, there's more people called to this than ever, which, which definitely says something about the state of the world. So perhaps this is what everybody needs. What if you wanted to become a Zakini? Where would somebody start? Most
1: important thing is for a woman to feel her calling because I think it, there's a, it's obviously a, an opportunity to make money and, and at times the business can be very lucrative, at times it's not, but that that really one to examine their own motivations and their desires to do this work and so once it's clear that you have that calling there are there are numerous uh, a Dakini trainings, Tantra trainings and things like that. I offer a Dakini mentorship through the Ecstatic Awareness Institute, that's the uh, institute that I founded and that's ecstaticawareness.com and The Dikini Mentorship that I offer is a five-day training, and I'm soon going to be putting out the Level 2 training for that, where we go pretty deep into uh, starting with masculine-feminine dynamics and how that occurs within and how that occurs outside of us, and going very deep into session dynamics and all the possibilities of, of things that might uh, come up in session, the different types of dysfunctions that we might see. I mean, really getting an education is important to being a, a technique. It It's it's one thing to offer a sort of pseudo-tantric massage, which oftentimes it's unfortunate, but it, it comes out to be more of a glorified hand job, if you will.
0: Know. Say that
1: again,
0: Where, it's glorified it's, 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 what? <laughs> a glorified oh,
1: hand job. <laughs> Okay. <laughs> but whereas on the other hand, you know, when we're working with people at this level of, and they're really channeling the energy of the Dakini, that da, awakened, enlightened, feminine energy, uh, that is potent, it's powerful. When we're really learning to, to bring that in uh, into our work, it, it requires learning, it requires education, and it requires a certain amount of uh, desire to be in service. And definitely above everything else requires love. And I'm talking about the energy of love, not the emotion of love, but just that heartfelt sense of, of, of wanting to see others expand and grow and heal.
0: Well, how could, one, how could a person tell the difference though? Because, I mean, I, I, I want to go back to the glorified hand job, the, <laughs> the, the sensual massage for a minute because Like, I happen to know that many people, I'm going to say masquerading as Tantra goddesses, they can be found on many, many websites all over the place. I happen to know that these people have not studied. They've not Mm -hmm. studied anything. They read a book about Tantra, and they might have felt the calling that you're talking about, but they didn't go through any kind of training, intensive training, to I've seen so many so-called um priestesses who are clearly not clear yeah. so how yeah. does how could somebody i mean they're just not clear they they've got all kinds of issues themselves that they haven't begun to look at and maybe don't want to, so now it becomes a dichotomy in the tantra world how 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 does somebody find a legit training? And then after that, the next question, of course, is how does somebody find a legit person who's been trained? I, I imagine you've given some thought to this. Oh, yes. I've
1: given a lot of thought to it, which is what inspires me to teach Bikini training for that very reason. Because I feel it's so necessary to receive training from a qualified, reputable teacher. And uh, so, well, I'll say a couple of things about that. Well, first of all, for a woman who's thinking about becoming a sexual healer or for a man, first and foremost, I think it's really, really important that they're getting sessions. Like, get worked on. Really receive the work. Feel what it's like. Experience it for yourself and, and do the healing with yourself. And, and second to that, if we, if we go back to the tradition of Tantra, traditional Tantra speaks that In order to truly follow the tantric path, one needs a guru, and that is still very much the case in traditional tantric circles. I know that because I've been initiated into a traditional tantric lineage, and it's definitely that's the way it is. You need a guru. Now, in today's day and age, you know, that feels a little bit off for people. They're not sure that they feel very good about having a guru. It's not the way for them, and that's totally fine. It's not for everyone. But, if we're talking about Tantra, then at least let's say, have a few really great teachers, people that you admire, people that you can go to when you have questions, when things come up, like get trained, really get trained. It's so important. Um, I can't say enough about that because there's so many subtleties that come into session, and if we are just working with people at one level. And, you know, maybe it is enough to just show up with, you know, a, a very deep gaze and a few deep breaths and call that Tantra. And, you know, it is beautiful and it's probably deeper than what a lot of people ever experience with their partners even. So it's not to look down on people who are making an effort to put out the word of Tantra in their sensual massage experiences. But it's to say that there's so much more and we can do so much more for this world when we really take this path and say, you know, if this is my calling, if I really feel this, then let me take the time, the energy, and the money that I'm making and put, invest it in myself and invest it in a better world.
0: Right. So it actually sounds, I mean, based on what you said, I and it just came to me, I mean, maybe you, maybe you weren't saying this per se, but it seems to me that if I were someone, a seeker, Seeking to be healed by hands on practices of somebody who, who purported to be a sacred sexual healer, I would ask that person where they got trained. It's funny because I'm not, I, I can poo poo many things, but that's something I just couldn't poo poo. I'd really need to ask someone, you know, who have you been trained by and how much time did you spend in that training and how much work did you do on yourself because I wouldn't want Somebody who's not clear to put a hand on me, I wouldn't want them even necessarily to put their eye gaze on me, but I have got strong boundaries. I learned boundaries from Tantra <laughs> interestingly enough to to make your point from earlier in the show when your friend said to you, "You know if you get into sensuous massage, you'll start to find your own boundaries, yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> it's- Boundaries is definitely something that we learn about in this work and also how to teach the people who come to see us about their boundaries and about having boundaries uh, with us. And I think that it goes those ways where um, a seeker wanting to have a session should definitely ask questions of the, the practitioner, definitely. you know, Where did you get trained or just tell me how long you've been doing this Just give me more of a sense of what have you got underneath your belt and um also there's the other way where i want to know about my my client i want to know about my seeker who is this person i spend up to 20 25 sometimes 30 minutes on the phone on the phone with somebody before they even come to see me and so the very act of asking questions and having sort of it a, a bit of a loose intake form and conversation with them that that Invokes, or I should say, um, excuse me, uh, uh, provokes kind of a, a deeper questioning and understanding of what it is and why they're coming to see you, what their intention is. That that very act of me doing that tells this person, okay, this is somebody who actually cares and is interested in knowing me, and I can tell just by the way she's communicating with me that she knows. She knows what she's talking about. Otherwise, why would she be asking me these questions? And So it puts the person on the other line in a sense at ease and in, with a sense of trust. And that's really important yeah. when we're working with these deep emotions and sexual energy and, you know, privacy
0: issues, whatever, whatever the case may be. It's excellent. Really excellent. Good. So, Triambika, you have some trainings coming up, I understand, and how can people find out about you just in case they They're wondering at this moment.
1: Well, there's two ways. One is my personal website, which is ecstaticawareness.com. Exactly the way that it's spelled in the dictionary, ecstaticawareness.com. I
0: I was wait a minute. I was going to say that we have to spell it because most people spell ecstasy wrong. So it's e, it's e, c, s, t, a, t, i, c, ecstatic awareness. .com. Excellent. Yeah, people will have, if they don't have a dictionary, they'll spell it wrong for sure. <laughs> how else? How else? How else, how else can the, find you? Excuse me? How else can people find you? Oh, how else can
1: people find me? So then also at the School of Temple Arts, you would go to SedonaTemple.com. And there I am on the faculty. I'm one of the educators there. I teach alongside with Des and I'm starting a training in Sedona. That's a, the spiritual sexual shamanic practitioner
0: training. You introduced a new word, shamanic. So that's a little confusing because now we're adding something else in where uh, for me it's, it's confusing and I've used it. I have one of the, one of my CDs is named Shamanic release and Latihan because I feel when I'm in the state of the unknown, the void, Latihan, I feel like I'm a shaman, but I don't know if that's what you mean by it or that's what they mean by it. So when you introduce shamanic sexual healing, how, how do, what does that mean?
1: Well, so this is something that Ababa Dez, the founder of the International School of Temple, Arts, he included that word into the name of our training. And what I see with that training and with others is that because Tantra is a very specific science that includes everything, but at the same time has some very specific traditions behind it, with the things that we're teaching in that training, it includes various modalities. And so it would be a shame to just call it a tantric teacher training or a tantric practitioner training because it, it does include various modalities. And so we used to have it being called the Dhaka Dikini training and then the name changed. And for me, this word is very much like what happens to me when I invoke the energy of the dakini. It's like going into not a state of trance because I'm always very, very present, but really... Being that intermediary between the worlds where we can really call in the energy of the divine and hold space for that, witness another without judgment, and and allow to bring up the power that is inherent in them. And so shamanic in this case has to do with, with power, with that energy of manifestation. It's obviously a very controversial term for a lot of people. Just Contra is a very controversial term for a lot of people, those who are more on a traditional path and those who are more on a sort of a new age modern day path. And so I, I, I use that word lightly and recognize that people have their own feelings about what that means
0: for them. It, for me, it invokes images of, uh, witch doctors and, um, which could be female or male. Uh I've met a few and I've met some relatives of in various countries in South America. It invokes a whole place of being uh really in in between worlds. You know, kind of like having some knowledge and science that nobody no regular person has. Um it's like sanctified. There's a cer- there was always a certain person in a village that was the one, and it wasn't the person who necessarily studied modern medicine, but people who studied folk ways, folk healings, folk things that um, that worked, and were often almost like seers. So that's what it evokes for me—the mm-hmm. shamanic piece—and and, uh, I just I think it's interesting. It's you know now it's in there too. Um, I and I wonder what's next. I just, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah, well, you, you know, when you say witch doctor, I, I, I <laughs> there are times where depending on what's showing up in session, it really does feel like a witch doctor is present, that that's what it takes to uh, move the energy and to shift the way things are in that moment. Or assist somebody to move through something. You know, it can it can feel at times very intense and very um, sort of esoteric, if you will. Yeah. But um, I yeah I get that the word has different connotations and can be used differently. And so again, I I say I, I use that word lightly, but still yeah. powerful terminology.
0: Yeah. When you just said shift, I immediately went to shapeshifter. And I went, yeah, yeah, it seems more like shape shifting a little bit to me. I, you know, I don't know if you have the same experience, but I have, uh, I was never a person before to think that people could be possessed. You know, when I, I, I never went to see the exorcist, but I knew the concept, you know, of being possessed by something. And I actually now know in my life that people have entities. There are definitely, when I mean entities, we could say like they're inhabited by another personality. It's really a thought form that I don't know when it came in or when it comes in. I've met people who were sexually assaulted when they were much younger and they kind of left their body and something else came in. And a lot of times in my classes, in my tantra classes, because I don't, I don't do a lot of one-on-one work. I'm actually starting to go more towards working with couples now in individual sessions. But for the most part, my, my tantric teaching and practice has been with groups, you know, groups of 14 to 30, let's say, people learning all at the same time. And, uh, but I've seen people when, when they lay down to do emotional release on the floor with me, there's a, there's something there, something that's not necessarily them, something that they don't even, always know is there and I've seen those things leave you know those entities leave in the process of people doing clearing I don't know if you've had the same experience but it's always astounding to me
1: you know I have had those types of experiences and also just from my own uh, knowledge of of Tantra and, and, and specifically in this case Tibetan Tantra speaks a lot of being possessed by other realm beings and in a case You know, you could look at it like other realm beings, some other type of entity that exists in an alternate reality or just another mind, a mind pattern that comes through. And the way I understand it is that when we, when we leave our body or when we leave presence and we, maybe we act out in these sort of different behaviors, whether it's acting out in a lot of anger or maybe, uh, in a way, poor neediness or, um, holier than thou, or, you know, there's there's sort of six different ways that we might lead, that we may behave or act out when we are forgetting that we are essence, that we are sort of pure divine beings. When we forget, we might go into one of these different realms for any period of time, and that the more we inhabit that and the more we live in that place, the more that that other realm being gets to sort of create a home within us. So that after a while, if, if we're not present enough to get out of our own state and, and come back to center and come back to presence, that that entity, if you will, is, is becoming an inhabitant of your body. And when we start to say, "No, I'm going to do this healing work. I'm going to start to really get in my body and 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 work with myself and stay present," then they gotta go. <laughs>
0: Yeah, because, they do. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's amazing that we're talking about this. I've never talked about this on the air before with anybody. I just want to let you know. I mean, I have talked about it a lot with colleagues or what, whatever, and I've talked about it with people who have this thing. But um, we've n- I've never talked about it on air, so it sounds a little woo-woo, but, you know, please forgive us, <laughs> people out there listening. <laughs> this could be you. <laughs> this could time. Happen. <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and it's gotta go. Like, I usually start and I say to people, you need to say something like, thank you, no blame, nothing's wrong, everything's good, thank you so much for the protection. You gotta go now. (laughs) Out! (laughs) Out! (laughs) (laughs) It's time. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we we definitely
1: went off to a whole other topic, but I, you know, I also love all of this. This is all the more uh, secretive or esoteric practices of tantra, which to me they just fascinate me, and it's 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 a lot of what people don't know and don't engage with when they are uh, working with tantric energies, and you know, if if, if we're going to be working with people and and you know. Having stuff come up, see, it's good to know. It's good to know all the possibilities and things that could come up.
0: Yeah, it's great. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for couching it like that. It's true. I mean, there's just that there's so much to this. There's so much to being trained. There's so much to what we can find out. I mean, we're we're just, and you know what? We could you and I. We could, This is just maybe the beginning of a wave. You know, it seems that. uh Since I started, there weren't that many people out there teaching Tantra. There there, there were like a handful of really well-known people, and then there was the next rung down. I I consider myself to be the next rung, you know, sort of like the next ones that came in. And now there's a, a whole bunch of new people coming in, and maybe we're just in the beginning of the first wave. Like all this stuff we're talking about, entities and how people really need healing, like, It it could go on and on. The whole population, I think, needs this. And, um, and that's probably, that's, that's part of Baba movement, with yourself included, to, uh, find all these people around the world, because the world desperately needs this kind of balance, needs this kind of healing, needs people to stop shaming and blaming themselves. Um, you know, it's just, it's huge.
1: Oh, yeah. And people are always so grateful when they come through our trainings. Uh, you know, I've heard things like one man said that he felt that 35 years of his life had just been wiped like a slate clean. And I, you know, I've heard many other things like people just clear stuff in our trainings. They really, stuff changes, it shifts. It's amazing how it happens. And they're always so grateful.
0: Yeah, that's true. It's true. And they' do, sometimes they're not even really sure what happened to them. they just know that they stand up or walk out and they feel whole again. That's how I felt. I imagine that's how you felt and I imagine that's how these people feel like whole again, maybe for the first time since who knows when yeah. so it it we're kind of winding down the hour now, and I'd like to know if there's a particular what should, if someone is just starting and they just Got. They just heard the word tantra, and they know that they want to have a, a session. What would be the first thing they should do right now um, to find someone in their locale? To find someone anywhere in the world, what, what should they do? They should call me.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay. Actually, no, no. To be honest with you, though, there is um, there is an uh, uh, article that I wrote on my site. And it's under uh, the, you would click under Vama Marga, and that's a Sanskrit word, and that's Vama Marga, and it's on my site, ecstaticawareness.com. And if you click there, it's just a beautiful description of Tantra from just a very classical view of, of the ultimate perspective you know from the highest of the highest of supreme consciousness and the energy of manifestation erotically in a dance making love and how we come to be and sort of sort of that um creation story of tantra all the way down to you know what is this view of, of sexuality within tantra it's a beautiful article i highly recommend if they're just coming into it it's a great read
0: i'll go there myself so you heard it you heard it here from Triambika you want to go to her website ex website ecstaticawareness dot com and click on that link, Rama Marga, and read what she has there and that would help you choose your path in this tantric sexual healing place that we're discussing. Thanks so much for being my guest today. I appreciate you so much for coming on and um Thank and discussing you. this intense stuff, really intense stuff. This is Laurie Handlers. I'm signing off. I wish you peace and I look forward to having you here again next time.